Hello and welcome to the End-Stage Renal Disease Treatment Choices Learning Collaborative, or ETCLC, podcast series. In these episodes, we'll hear from transplant, donation, and organ procurement organization professionals as they share their experiences, data-proven interventions, and lessons learned as we collectively strive toward our national aims for more kidneys transplanted and fewer kidneys discarded. What do we need to do as a, as a program? What do we need to do as a community? And what do we need to do as a nation? These are my pearls that I feel that needed to happen here. And this is, I still think we need to do more as a community and more as a nation. I would say that in the past, UNOS has prioritized survival over increasing utilization. Um, this has just been part of the process. We've been trained this way. And it seemed like the right thing to do. Uh, yeah, I guess we should have better outcomes. Uh, that's more important, but maybe not. Maybe the outcomes aren't more important. Maybe it's about helping more people get better access to healthcare. And I think that's really what we're trying to do at Hackensack. Our current SRT, our data and the OPTN metrics as, you know, like I said, favors being risk averse. So over 35 years, what, ha- what have these metrics done? Well, what is th- this has trained transplant centers to say, you know what, whoa, hold on, um, put the brakes on. I can't take organs like that, or I can't take patients like that because my outcomes will suffer and I'm gonna do less. And every time the MPS- MPSC comes in and evaluates a program that is being flagged, what, is, what ends up happening is the program takes a step back and says, you know what? We're not going to transplant any patient over 70. We're not going to transplant anyone who's higher vascular risk. And I'm not taking any KDPI kidneys over 85 for the next three years because I have to get out of jail. And I think that instead of helping centers do better, what we do ultimately is make them risk averse over long periods of time. And I think we need to change that model. We allocate organs one by one but one by one doesn't work. If you give centers a half an hour or 60 minutes to choose patient number one, patient number two, patient number three, that's too slow for a kidney that's sitting in a box waiting to get to somebody. And so what we need to do is figure out a better way to allocate organs to centers that are going to use them faster. And it's not necessarily about you know, can this kidney help someone and, and is it number one? Is Can this kidney help anyone? Who is it going to go to and how are we going to get it faster? And ultimately, broader sharing has reduced the efficiencies of the DSA. I already mentioned this. You know, DSAs were designed to work well together and broader sharing is great from an equity standpoint. But the broader we share, the less the efficiencies of the DSA. And ultimately, we've seen discard rates go from 16% to 26%. So one in four kidneys right now in the United States is thrown away. Um, or non-used instead of the word discard because of the system itself. We haven't provided the opportunity to allow broader sharing to be effective because we haven't supported it with optimal allocation and technology. Let's talk about opportunity. Culture change, every kidney is innocent until proven guilty. This is the concept of better than dialysis kidneys. Every kidney is generally better than not getting a kidney. Uh, it's, not always this, it's not always true, 
but we really need to change the culture to I'm waiting for the best kidney I can find to any kidney is going to help somebody. Let's figure that out. Reducing waiting time to transplant is more important than the survival differences by KDPI. If you go granularly by KDPI percentage and look at 30 KDPI versus 40 KDPI versus 60, there's almost minimal statistical difference in outcome for patients. But yet we spent a lot of time talking about why a low KDPI kidney might be better than a high KDPI kidney. And again, if we can really focus more on how fast can we get the high KDPI to somebody and reduce their waiting time, patient outcomes are actually better. There's data out there that actually shows that patients who receive, this is back in the day when we used to call them expanded criteria kidneys. So patients that took expanded criteria kidneys had better survival if they took them early versus waiting on the waiting list for a lower or a standard criteria kidney. So patients do better if we can get higher KDPI kidneys to them faster. Not every patient is suitable for every kidney, but a patient exists somewhere for every kidney. And I think the key is how to get that system to work. Uh, there was just really nice data in uh, ATC uh, in San Diego that showed 75% uh, of transplant centers would use the organ that it was initially allocated for for somebody else, which means the allocation system generally doesn't work. If 75% of the time we want to use it lower down, this was a Columbia study that talked about list diving. And the term list diving means that organs that are less optimal aren't ideal for patients at the top of the list. And transplant centers choose to list dive, meaning they find it better, the better risk benefit and safety for patients lower down on the list than the person at the very top. And the allocation system doesn't really allow for this best practice. And we need to figure out how to do that. Time, technology, and transport matter. This is really important. We need to do better at optimizing time. We need to have better technology to get organs to people faster. And we need transport to get organs to centers in the middle of the night that want to use them. Uh, kidneys shouldn't be left uh, on cargo jets on the tarmac for 12 hours because our cargo planes aren't, aren't running. And that's what we've had for the last three years. And again, OPO transplant center partnerships are really, really necessary. This is a shared success and shared accountability and OPOs can't do it without transplant centers and transplant centers can't do it without OPOs. And the more we break that bonds, the more we break that relationship, the worse our system gets. And I would strongly recommend creating opportunities to build bridges, which is what I try to do with transplant centers. I mean, with OPOs that reach out um, to figure out any way we can do to better communicate and better collaborate. Thank you for listening to this episode of the ETCLC podcast series. We encourage you to steal shamelessly, as we say, any recommendations and best practices shared by the presenters and their organizations. We encourage you to listen to our other podcasts that help support and improve your transplant work. Also visit our LinkedIn page, ETCLC. Follow us on X, formerly Twitter, at ETCLC1, and check out our YouTube channel for more resources available at esrd etclc